Welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. We're so excited for our new mandate for 2020, the courage to grow. 2020 is gonna be an incredible year, but as Pastor Jonathan Del Turco reminded us, it's gonna take work to make growth happen. What are some areas you wanna grow in this year? Here are just a few opportunities. We've just introduced two brand new classes, our Fresh Start class and our Healing class. Fresh Start is a class for all those who are new in their walk with God. It'll meet every Sunday during the 10 a.m. service and our Healing class, which will meet during the 1130 service. Both classes will be meeting in the Fresh Start room on the first floor. On March 13th, our young adult group, YNG, is meeting once again. YNG meets the second Friday of the month at IFC. If you're between the ages of 18 and 35, join us for an amazing time of worship and a message from our YNG director, Jason Ferreira. Spending time in God's presence changes us. When we spend time worshiping God, it puts our dependence on Him and not ourselves. Come join us March 22nd for an extended time of worship. We're expecting God to do great things for you and your family. During our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we met each Friday evening to pray as a congregation. We'll join together again at Family Prayer Night Friday, March 27th. For more information on these and other opportunities, please visit our app or intlfamilychurch.com. All right, Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we honor our pastors today as they're away resting, taking some time to rejuvenate, get some some time with you and time with themselves. Lord, we pray that they're protected from the top of their head to the soles of their feet everywhere they go. We call it blessed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the gift that you've given in our pastors to us. And we declare victory in every area of their life, health, wholeness, wellness. We thank you, Father, their influence is increasing for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, Lord, we declare that today in this house will be a day of freedom, a day of victory. Father, I thank you for each and every person that's in this place, that you would speak to them about your plan for their life. Lord, I ask you to give me boldness to declare the stories, the scriptures, and everything that you put in my heart for today, Lord, that it would come out with accuracy and clarity. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You glad to be in church today? Oh, man, I'm stoked you guys are here. Let's go somewhere today. Our mandate this year is the courage to grow. Everybody say grow. Grow. We're going to be courageous people, and we're going to grow in six areas. One more one, we're going to grow in ourselves. We're going to grow as individuals. Number two, we're going to grow in our relationships and those that God has called us to do life with, those people. We're going to grow in our influence. Did you know you're an influencer? You're an influencer for the kingdom of God on your job, in your neighborhood, with your family, with your friends. And this year, God wants to grow you into the influence and the platform that he's given you. We've also committed to grow our church in many different ways. We're going to grow our men. And all the men said, and all the ladies said, they're all like, it's about time some of the men grew up here. And we're going to grow in our stewardship. I'm just playing. We can have fun in church, right? All right. We're going to grow in our stewardship. We're going to grow in our financial responsibility to further the gospel, not only here locally, but around the world. I want to add on to this today and continue part of this message series that pastor's been talking about, the courage to grow. And today I want to talk about the courage to grow in freedom. 
I want to talk about what it means to lead a free life. Now, when you hear that word freedom, what image pops in your mind? You know, for each and every one of us, freedom means something different. But the first word, I don't know why, but when I hear the word freedom, I think of the movie Braveheart. I think of the story of William Wallace and in them fighting against the British for Scottish independence. And I think about that movie and, and, and the, there's this scene where he comes riding in on his horse and he's got his sword and they're lined off against the British army. You guys seen this movie? Okay, if you haven't seen this movie, you should go see that movie. Netflix this afternoon, but there's this scene where he's trying to get his troops fired up and his troops are looking at this massive army that they're getting ready to fight. And he says, what are we going to do? And the response is, we're going to run. We should run so we can stay alive. And in, in that moment, he's trying to challenge him like, no, 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 let's not run. And he responds with this amazing statement. Listen to this. He says, run and you will live at least a while, and dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all those days from this day to that for one chance? Just one more chance to come back right here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. What a powerful statement. I mean, what a powerful charge. This is a charge I want to give to you that we don't live just ordinary lives, but Lord, that we take uh, our authority, that we take our, our freedom back that's been stolen from the enemy. You know, I think about freedom in the sense that it belongs to us because God gave it to us when he created us as human beings. When he created Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden and he gave them a choice. Freedom is a choice. And for, for all of us, everyone wants to be free. Everyone wants the ability to choose the life that they want to live. It's in us. God put us in that place. It's, it's a longing inside of us that we should live a free life. You know, once you get saved, it doesn't stop there. Listen to this statement. Once you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the next step, everybody say next step. The next step in your spiritual journey is growing in freedom and truly dealing with the pain of yesterday. Galatians 5 says it this way. He says, let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. For we must always cherish, cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back to the bondage of our past. The day you gave your heart to the Lord began your journey of growth in God's potential and his plan for your life. But it takes effort. It takes intentionality. You know, growth isn't automatic. You're not going to arrive this time next year and just say, look at all that God did in my life if you didn't put some work in with him. You know, God's going to do the impossible as long as you partner with him to do the possible. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in the same place I am next year that I'm in right today. I want to be freer tomorrow and the next month and the next year than I've ever been. So growth, guess what, is your responsibility. As our pastor shared with us in the first few weeks, growth requires you valuing yourself. 
us valuing ourselves to say, this can't be all that God has for me. There has to be some more. So today I want to talk to you about freedom in, in many areas, freedom from your past. For some of us, freedom from hurts, hang-ups, and bad habits. For others, it may be freedom from physical pain and sickness that you've been dealing with for far too long. Freedom from addictions. Freedom from toxic relationships. As the video shared, freedom from debt and financial pressure. Freedom from anxiety, fear, or mental torment. Don't let the devil lie to you. Every single person alive deals with areas that they need more freedom in their life, myself included. So today I'm going to give you some tools, okay? I'm going to make this super practical. I want to give you some tools that will help you begin to walk as a freer individual than ever before. Here's my main takeaway today. The battle you're fighting, it determines your quality of life. The enemy is fighting to keep us distracted distressed and depressed so that we never live in the fullness of the freedom that God has provided for us. For we need to be free in order to grow into all that he has for us, fulfilling our potential. You know, God has a greater potential for you than you're existing in right now. You know, there's more areas of freedom for you than what you're experiencing right now. This battle that you're in is over the quality of your life. And the devil would love to trick to you, lie to you, and tell you this is as good as it gets. The Lord told me this not that long ago. He said, I didn't bring you this far to only bring you this far. So let me tell you this. If you're not as free as you want to be, keep stepping. Keep walking towards the Lord in this journey with him. And guess what? As we do that, we step one closer. Step every day to our true potential, to your calling, to your destiny. Let me just challenge you right here from the beginning of this message. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for good enough. Never settle for anything other than the highest and best, the best quality of life. Well, how would I know what it looks like? We're going to talk about it because it's in the Word. The quality of life that we're called to experience, we have the ability to read it, learn it, and live by it. Today, I want to share with you a few tools that are going to help you begin to walk in your freedom. You ready? The first tool I want to give you is understanding. We need understanding to know that the battle we're fighting, it's not a physical battle, it's not a fleshly battle, it's a battle of your mind. The enemy wants to warp your mentality. He wants to lie to you and tell you something that's not true because he knows if he can get a hold of your mind, the battle's already over. See, the enemy tries to win the war of your mind he doesn't actually have to fight you any longer because you'll fight yourself the rest of your days. What he wants to do is trick you into believing something. And in that moment that you buy into that belief, guess what? The battle's already over. You've lied to yourself. And you've settled for less than the quality of life that Jesus Christ came to provide for us. See, most of our issues, they stem from lies that we have accepted as truth that cause us to stay where we are, stuck in a place, running on a treadmill of negative thoughts that prevent us from moving forward in God's freedom. There's been seasons in my life where that's who I was. 
Just being open with you today. There's been seasons where I felt like I'm never going to get out of this season. I felt like that hamster wheel, like, man, if I could just get through today, I'll be okay. Only to wake up the next day and guess what? That same struggle was there again. And I run, 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 run all day and you get exhausted. You do everything in your effort to think, man, if I could just get some sleep tonight, tomorrow will be a fresh day. Only to wake up again, Groundhog Day, back again. Hey, Needle Nose Ned. You guys ever seen that movie? Groundhog Day. You know, there's so many people that live their life that way and think, this is, this is all it is. This is what I'm cut out for. I mean, I'm just going to have to grind it out. I'm really going to have to hustle a little bit more. That's not God's plan for your life. See, the enemy, he wants to war with your mind to keep you bound in your thought life first. I want to give you, a, I'm going to reveal his plan for you, okay? If you knew that the enemy had a plan for you, wouldn't you want to know what it is? Right? Like, I mean, you would want to know, like, hey, this is his strategy. Now I can come at it. Let me tell you his strategy. His war plan is simple. It's three stages. Number one, lie to you. Get you to believe something in your mind that's not true. Knowing that if he gets your mind, he's going to get your words. Because he's going to plant these seeds of lies and defeat, of hurt and pain. Bring up everything from the past. Everything has been done to you and everything you did to yourself. And he's going to lie to you and lie to you and lie to you where you start saying, I, I, I guess this is as good as it gets. I guess this is my quality of life. And then when he gets you to say those things, guess what? Your words are like a magnet. They pull you in that direction of defeat and loss. His plan is threefold. Plant the seed. Convince them to speak it and watch them just walk it out and watch them just miserably live the rest of their life confined in many areas of our life. His game, his war is a mind game. Thoughts, words, actions. Second Corinthians, Paul says it this way. We're not living in the world. For though we live in the world, we don't wage as the world wages. The weapons that we fight with they're not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everybody say that word, strongholds. For we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Our tools are not like everybody else's tools. Our weapons are not like everybody else's weapons. The weapon that we have is called the Bible. Some people I like, they used to call it the good book. My grandma used to say, the good book, if you just open the good book, guess what? You'll find out that there's goodness in there. But most people have been lied to, like don't open the book because you're gonna find that God's judgmental. He's out to get you. He's looking to get you. And they never open the good book thinking it's the bad book, thinking that God's evil. Guess what? He's already won the battle because he's planted the seed. I want to just challenge you in this. Stop tolerating the lies of the enemy. He says that we have, listen to this, go back just one verse. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. I want, to, I want to read this to you. This word stronghold, in the Greek it means, it literally means a prisoner locked up by deception. A prisoner that's locked up based on a lie. In other words, someone that's 
living their life based on something that's not true. How many people do you and I know that this describes them? Everything that they're doing is based on a lie because they've never been exposed to the truth. See, we have to find out the truth about who we are and what our destiny looks like so that we'll know when the lie comes. I had a gentleman come through service, said the line, second service, and he said, it's, it's, like, it's like money. I said, what do you mean it's like money? He said, your, your message. He said, when, when you've felt enough real money and you've felt it, you'll know when there's fake money. He said, they teach the people at the bank. They let them handle all kinds of money and they let them feel it and they let them play with it and sort it and stack it. And stuff. So they're so familiar with what a true dollar bill looks like that when a fake one comes, they say, oh, here's a fake one. How do you know? Well, I know what the real one looks like and this on it. It don't feel like this. It don't shape like this. It ain't ink like this. Listen, when you get to the place where you're so full of the truth, when a lie comes, you say, that's just, that's just a dumb lie. Well, how do you know it's a lie? Well, because the Bible says this, this, and this. And you go to the Word and you say, I know the truth and the truth has already set me free when you're so full of the truth. Guess what? The, eyes, the, the, the lies of the enemy, they never even enter your ears. Oh man, this is good preaching. When you get so full of the Word and you read the book, guess what? You find out who you are in Christ. You find your true identity. And then when the devil tries to tell you something other than who you are, you realize that's just an idiot lying to me. It's that dumb devil again just trying to tell me something stupid. I know who I am. I want to read you, I want to read you something out of, I'm reading this book. It's uh, Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris in Birmingham, Alabama, one of the greatest churches in America today. And I'm, I'm reading this book and this just stuck out to me. I thought I'd share it with you. Is that okay? Lies that bind. Living life based on a pervasive false belief reminds me of the story of a young lady named Elizabeth Smart. You may recall that she was abducted at age 14 from her home in Salt Lake City, Utah by a man named Brian Mitchell and his wife. And they held young Elizabeth captive for nine months until she was rescued by authorities on a street in the city of Sandy, Utah, literally less than 20 miles from her home. A smart story during the captivity unfolded, it was clear that she could have escaped several times before she was recognized in neighbors on the day they called the police. See, her abductors often took her out in public. They veiled her, covered her in disguise. They even once took her to a public library. On one such outing, the police stopped her and her captors and asked them, have you seen a young girl that's gone missing? Her name is Elizabeth Smart. Standing right in front of them, all she had to do was shout, I'm Elizabeth Smart, I'm Elizabeth Smart. And yet she did not. She had been fed lies from her abductors. She was so convinced that something bad would happen to her if she told the truth about her identity. She thought that her captors would harm her and her family. Her fear of something that kept her from being free. You see, this is how the devil operates. He has power in this world, but not authority. So he keeps talking to us until we believe him. And we end up accepting his lies as truth, letting them into our thoughts. So then they poison our emotions and then influencing our actions. Satan, he pretends that he has authority over us. 
This just isn't true. We've been given authority through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. But too often, we don't own and exercise the authority and power we've been given. Instead, we believe a lie and empower the liar. For so many people, they don't know who they are, so they've allowed somebody else to place an identity on them that doesn't belong to them. Maybe at one time they, they did have identity. They did know who they were, but through a series of choices and actions that they did or that were done to them, they started to believe maybe that's not the case. Maybe I'm not an overcomer. Maybe I'm not a child of God. Maybe my sin is greater. Maybe this is my plight in life. Maybe I'll never be completely free. I want to challenge you today that when the enemy begins to talk to you, it's no longer a one-sided conversation. For me personally, just being transparent, there was a season of my life where I was anxious and depressed. And I was on that hamster wheel thinking, this is just the rest, this is, this is it, this is, this is as good as it gets. Day after day, the enemy would tell me, you're not good enough. He'd bring up my past and mistakes and choices that I had made. And he would talk 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 and he'd talk. I'd wake up in the morning, he'd be talking to me. Today's gonna be another horrible day. You're gonna make more wrong choices like you did yesterday. He'd talk to me through lunch on the drive home from work. And then he would talk to me as I'm fighting to get to sleep every night, struggling with insomnia because he won't shut up. Can you relate? Then I got fed up with him talking only to me. And I decided, I know what the word says and I know what my identity is and I know who I am in Christ. So why am I allowing somebody or something to tell me anything contrary to what the word of God says? And on that day, everything changed. It didn't all change in one day, but I remember the day it did start to change. And that was the day that I said, hey, dumb devil. Hey, you idiot. I'm no idiot. I know who I am. And I've allowed you to talk to me for the last six months. And you've talked me into a depression where I don't even want to leave my house. But today is changing because today I'm now going to engage you with the word of God. And it's not just going to be you talking to me. You're going to put up with me talking back to you. And I went to the word and I found those scriptures and I pulled them out about who I was in Christ. And when he got done talking, I said, are you done dummy? Because now it's my turn. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm as righteous as I've ever been and I'm ever going to be. Jesus Christ said it right. I'm an overcomer and I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. First John 4, 4 says, greater is he that lives all the inside of me than anybody or anything in the world. I said, are you still listening, dummy? And guess what? He was quiet. For the first time in a long time, he shut up. But he only stopped talking for a few minutes. And I felt this great peace. And then I heard it again. And he started saying it again. I said, hold, hold on. I said, we, we, me and you, we, we got a new relationship now. You're going to take time to talk. I'm going to talk back at you. And so I would start to talk over him. That scripture said, take every thought captive. 
You know what I started doing? I just started rejecting those thoughts. Well, how'd you reject them? What do you mean you rejected them? I just rejected them verbally. They would come. You're not good enough. You don't measure up. You're the product of sin. You've made these mistakes. You're never going to da 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 And I'd say, hold on. That's not my thought. I don't receive that thought. I don't think this thoughts. And then I would declare the word of God out of my mouth, talking over him. I'm telling you what, when you put the word of God in you and then bring it up out of yourself, things change. The word of God is a true revealer of what's true and what's a lie. But the enemy's telling me, pastor, he's, he's talking to me and saying, you'll never get free from this addiction. And I wake up in the morning and he said, you're always going to have to take this medication. When I go to sleep at night, uh, my mind is reeling and, and fear and anxiety are gripping me. And throughout the day, he reminds me of how broken I am and how I'll never be whole because of what happened to me. He keeps talking and keeps talking. But let me remind you of a scripture that's so important for us that are dealing with choices of freedom. And it's right here in Luke 4, 18. It says, Jesus, his first time preaching, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Spirit, the anointing is upon me. And he's anointed me, which is, the, this word means the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. The anointing to destroy all that stuff. Here, it's anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind. And I'm here to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. For I've come to share the message of jubilee. For the time of God's great acceptance has become. See, the whole reason Jesus came was to give you words and scriptures to stand and fight for your freedom again. When the devil begins to lie to you and tell you that you're powerless because of the sin in your life? Remind him of 1 John 4, 4 that says, the spirit in me is stronger than anything around me. When the enemy begins to say, your life will always be chaos because you're nuts. You can remind him of Philippians 4, 7 that says, no, 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 devil. There's a peace that comes available to me through Jesus Christ. And it's so powerful that my own physical mind can't wrap itself around it. Oh, well, he's telling me that I'm always going to be sick. I've had this disease for years. Remind him that 1 Peter 2.24 says, by the stripes upon the back of Jesus, my healing's already been paid for. Well, what about the devil that's telling me, you know, you're always going to be broke. You've always been broke. You've never made it. Remind him of Philippians 4.13 that says, my God. Some of this needs to be personal. It's not a God, the God. It's my God said all my needs, wants, hopes, and desires. Guess what? They'll be supplied by his riches and glory. For some of us, we need to take a stand and stop letting him talk one way to us and say, hey, I'd love to have a dialogue with you right now, dumb devil. Let's do this right here. You get yourself full. Listen to me. When you get the word in you, it'll bring a boldness upon you. For you know me, many of you know me, this isn't how I talk all the time, but when you start declaring the word, there's a boldness that comes upon you. It's called the anointing. But you got to put the word in you. You got to take time to study it and meditate it and read it and get crazy like I have it. Post it all over your house. 
Put reminders in your phone throughout the day that send yourself scriptures so that at lunchtime, when you know he's going to start talking to you about such and such, you've got ammunition in your tank to say, oh, look at there. Reminder, 1215. I need to put the devil in his place. Come on now. This is who we are. For some of you, tonight shall be the night that you sleep the best because before you go to bed, you need to have a discussion and make some declarations. Not tonight, dumb devil. I've been tossing and turning. You've been wrecking my mind with worry and fear, but I cast that over onto one that already paid for it. Tonight, I'm sleeping sweet. Tonight, I'm sleeping solid all the way through because the Bible says that he'll give his beloved sweet sleep. God's word is the answer to every lie you've been told. John 8, 36, so John 8, 36 out of the passion says it this way. The son has set you free from sin. Then become a true son. Become unquestionably free. Let me ask you this. How free are you? Partially free? Three quarters of the way free? Are you unquestionably free? This is what we have received as an inheritance as sons and daughters of the Most High in unquestionable freedom. And when people look at us and say, man, there's something going on with her. I don't know what it is. Something different. She don't look worried like everybody else is. Everybody else is freaking out. What's going on with her? She's, unque- she's unquestionably free. That's someone that recognizes her authority and recognition of her sonhood, daughterhood in Jesus Christ. The third tool, man, you guys have been so good. Thank you for cheering me on. The third, the third tool is you need to understand you've never been meant to do life alone. We say it this way here at IFC. Together is better. Together is better. See, one of the greatest tools that you'll ever find in discovering freedom is found in your relationships. God's plan for your life is not an individual plan. It's a collective plan. You've been destined to do life with others. I know, I know. Some of you are going to say, well, that's just not me. That's not my personality. I'm an introvert, pastor. You're an extrovert. <laughs> Listen, we're all created for community. Whether you're an introvert, extrovert, whatever vert you want to be, I don't care which way you're going. Guess what? You've been called from the beginning of time to do life with other people. I hear excuses like this one. I ain't got time for relationships. Can I just challenge that for a second? You can't afford to not have relationships and be in the same place next year that you are in right now. For some of us, it has to be a priority of, man, I'm just too busy. I have to notch out time because I need freedom in my life. And I realize that I need a guy like Chris in my life. I need a guy like Anthony. I need a girl like Sam. I need some people in my life that are pushing me towards God. Listen, relationships are, they're messy probably nothing you're going to do harder in your Christian walk than deal with people. But it's a, sign of, it's, a, it's a true sign of spiritual maturity that you're strong enough to put your agenda aside and say, I need others. The second excuse I hear is, I just don't like being vulnerable. People do weird things with their hands when they say vulnerable. <laughs> it's just not me. I don't want, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that kind of mushy 
they'll say stuff like this. You know, other people, they love to share their stuff, but I, you know, I, I like to keep my stuff to myself. Can I just say this to you with, with, with all the love as your pastor? That's just pride. That's just arrogance and pride. God's called us to do this together and there's going to come a season if you want true freedom in your life, you have to take the mask off and say, I know y'all see me worshiping on Sunday and I look like this, but really, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is the real me. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Guess what? Every one of us is wearing a mask. I said every one of us is wearing a mask yeah. and we need to find people that we can take the mask off and be truly free with. Listen, I, I have people that say, you know, I got my people, man. I don't need any more people. I'm good. I'm all good. I'm going to give you the friend test, okay? If you got your people and, and you're all good, you don't need any more friends, you don't need more people, I'm going to ask you one test. And that is, are those people, your people, pushing you towards God? Or are they pulling you away from God? Are they trying to drag you out of the sin of the past in your hurts and your hangups? Or are they hanging out there playing in that mud pool with you? Listen to this. I want, I want to read you this statement. My, my wife gave this to me. Sometimes you should have your wife help you with your message. She said, the person that challenges you and holds you accountable loves you more than the person who watches you stay the same and settle for your mediocrity. Some of your friends tell you, I love you, I'm for you. They don't love you enough to help you and push you and prod you and say there's more for you. There's greater freedom in your life. You're settling. Take the friend test today. See, we all need a group of people that we can be real with. And just be honest and say, hey, I'm messed up. And I need some help from you guys. James 5, 16, the last verse for today. He says, make this your common practice. Not, not like once a month, not like once a year. Not like when you feel like it or occasionally. Like make this your common practice that you surround yourself with people and you confess your sins to each other and you pray for each other so you can live together whole and healed. That speaks of freedom. For the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. The last two weeks at IFC, we launched our life groups Hundreds and hundreds of you came upstairs and signed up for groups and committed to doing life together because you realize together's better. And there's others that, you know, for whatever reason, whether you're insecure or you have fear, you didn't come or, or you weren't physically able to come and you just didn't know about it, I, I want to invite you. Will you come do life with us? Because there's too many of us struggling with areas where we need freedom. And the only way you're going to get the freedom is in the company of others. Hebrews talks about encouraging each other, talks about acts of compassion. You know, I believe this, and this is the last statement I'll put on the screen, is this, that, that Jesus brings forgiveness, but it's people that bring healing. If we can repent and the Lord forgive you, that's good, but to move past that sin or that hurt or that pain, dealing with yesterday, it's gonna take people around you would you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Today, if, as you leave, if you didn't join a group, there's more than plenty of time. Half the groups haven't even started. They start this week. You're not too late. There's a place for you. We have a spot reserved for you. And I want to give you a guarantee. If you'll come do life with us and be a part of a group, the first guarantee that I would give you is that you're going to be encouraged every time you go to that group. 
We're not going to beat you over the head. We're not going to make you feel bad. We're not going to point out your faults. We're going to celebrate you every time you come. You're going to get encouraged every time you gather together. We're going to share scriptures with you and give you tools in these groups. No matter if it's a cycling group or a recovery group, every group's going to share a scripture that gives you some tools to stand and fight. The third guarantee is they're going to pray for you. They're going to physically join hands with you every week and pray over your situation. And the last one is you're going to be surrounded by a group of people that are going to help you take your next step. We all have a next step. Nobody's arrived, including myself. Nobody's arrived. Nobody's finally a fully mature believer. Every one of us has a step. And in those groups, you're going to navigate your journey wherever you are, whether it's the beginning or the end, with people who are pushing you towards God. And before you go today, I, I would love to give you an opportunity to find great freedom right here in the service. It begins with Jesus Christ. There's no step toward freedom without Jesus at the center of it. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's so simple. Religion's made it so difficult. Like you got to do this, you got to do that. Let me just break it down to you and tell you the truth. All you got to do is say, I need help. In a moment, Jesus is there. If you're here today or maybe you're watching online, I want to extend this to you as well. Maybe you're watching this on a replay on our website or on our app six months from now. It's the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All across this room, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need that freedom that you're talking about. Would you just shoot your hand up right in the air right where you are? I want to pray with you. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Thank you for the courage. Yes, ma'am, I see you. I see you back there. It takes courage. Yes, ma'am, right over here, I see you. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else want to join these courageous people and say, I need a fresh start. Yes, ma'am, right here up front, I see you. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Oh, man, I see you. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anybody else say, man, pray for me. I'm ready. Done doing life my way. I need a fresh start. I see you. Yes, ma'am, right here. I see you. Yes, ma'am. God's moving in your heart. Maybe, I don't know if that's me, pastor. Is your heart about to beat out of your chest? He's, that's, the, that's the Lord talking to you. Anybody else want to join these? Let's do this, all of you online. Just pray this prayer with me. Let's do it right here in this auditorium together. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus, he died on the cross for me. He was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit that I could live this life fully free. So today, in front of my friends, in front of my family, I declare Jesus the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.